0: Hey patrons, welcome to your bonus content for this week. This is the bonus content. I just said content twice and it's sort of disturbing me, but I'm going to keep going anyway. <laughs> that accompanies episode 255. It's a interview, extended interview with Jane O'Hara. Um this is another one of those ones and I'm like, ah, oh, this is so good. Like the it's almost like these bonus content pieces get it's when I like I'm comfortable The person I'm interviewing is comfortable, and I ask better questions. I think so. It's it's really sort of an interesting thing. Like as I move forward with this, like how much, uh, how it's going to change the actual the main podcast interviews because um it it always turns it like as I have these conversations, it's I'm always thinking like oh man maybe this should have been a question for the main podcast, but I. Enjoy sharing the stuff here, and I think maybe that's why the conversation is so good, because both me and the interviewer know that fewer people will be listening, so it feels more intimate. So anyway, I hope you're enjoying these too. Um, just a couple of check-ins. This is a little bit late. It's on the, still on the right day, but typically I do these the day before and post it uh, to to publish early in the morning, so it's there when you wake up. But I didn't do that this time. Uh, I was working on a video that I felt like took priority, uh, which I just posted to Patreon today too, and it's on my YouTube channel, Um, sort of chronicling my journey with the 30 Days to Wellness with Mark Wood and Jamie Robinson. Uh, It it was a pretty uh, emotional week, especially on Monday, so I I incorporated that all together in a sort of long video. Um, Yeah, so there's that, there's a new video up, And I got the first draft of the uh, book, the animal book, from Luke Curtis, and it looks really amazing. Uh, I'm really excited. And um, I also got from Bennett Pastor, who uh, engineered the recording sessions with the strings, piano, and voice, uh, all of those uh, recordings. So I'm going to start mixing in earnest this week uh, and... And Oh, and a podcast guest a couple of weeks ago, uh, Lauren Mall, I'm speaking in a stilted way. Lauren Mall is making the video for the first single, which is Home Again. If you saw the show, you know that this is a song. Well, I guess I'll tell you. And well, you know, because you're a patron and you've been seeing all this stuff and you've heard a, um, a demo of this song. Uh, it's about my dog, Corky, when I was in middle school. Why am I speaking in this halted? It's it's freaking me out. Anyway, so that's all happening and um, I'm feeling really awake right now. Uh, So that's good. I I think it has to do with the exercise and the whole foods. Like I've only eaten whole foods for the last, this is the 17th day and granted it's early um, but so far I've had only whole foods and I'm drinking black coffee which is new and still it's not delicious. but I like coffee, and I like caffeine, and I think that's the only thing left, and I'm considering it a whole food, and so does Mark, so we're good. Anyway, uh, thanks as always for being here. Your membership and your support and your connection to this exchange of creating and um, support and it is really magical, um, so it, it matters a great deal that you're here, whether it's dollar, $25, $35. Um, thank you. Alright, so here's the interview with Jane O'Hara. Hello, patrons. You are listening to the bonus content for episode 255. Artist Jane O'Hara, who you heard on that episode, is still with me. Hello, Jane.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: <laughs> great. I love it. I love we're still gonna pretend that we haven't spoken yet. Hello, so great <laughs> to talk to you. Um Yeah, I just like to ask a couple of like other, like sort of more not necessarily personal questions, but like background questions. For example, <laughs> as were you always artistically inclined when you were a kid have you always created uh art
1: yes i i have been yeah as far back as i can remember i've always liked to draw and paint
0: yeah do you remember like a a first moment that it, it you realized this is what you really wanted to like make as your part of your path in your life
1: it was fairly late in life. Uh, when I was in high school, everyone, you know, trying to figure out about college. And I just I was just not a directed person at that time uh, <laughs> at all. And my art teacher said, are you applying to art school? Right. And I said, oh, uh, OK. <laughs> so I went to art school and um, learned learned about creating artwork despite myself. <laughs> so I was, again, still not a serious person. Um, anyway, that's almost another topic, but yeah, so it was, it was, um, probably I did some artwork after college and then I took a hiatus and a long hiatus. And then uh, I got back into it when I got together with my current now husband, um, we would go out painting and he also is an artist, um, who hadn't been painting that much of late. So we, Decided to take this on together.
0: We we have that in common a lot. Like I um, I mean not. I, I had a lot of, especially in high school. I really connect with what you're saying about my mom was really like, come on, go to music school, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't like for some reason I just didn't think that that was a great idea. <laughs> so it took me a long time to like finally settle into music, and then ultimately it wasn't until I was in my 40s. I started writing my own work and whatnot so yeah uh-huh. did for yeah. me yeah for me there was a lot of like uh self-doubt involved in that you know what? as I look back I didn't think I would oh there's no way I'll ever make a living it's kind of like I felt sort of I don't know like pretentious to decide to be a musician like I had a lot of like societal messages s- slowing me down from pursuing music was that similar for you with art
1: well Yeah, I think underlying that was just a general assumption I had. But I'm also now a uh, 32-year sober alcoholic. So I, you know, I was wrestling with that stuff. I was basically escaping reality as much as possible for quite a few years. So I honestly, I never got, I never let myself get too involved with anything that was healthy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did we already know we have this in common?
1: No, I didn't
0: know that. (laughs) Yeah, I got sober in 94.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, and
0: that's when I started doing, like, went back to school for music.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I remember when I first got sober, I was thinking, you know, will I ever be funny? Will I ever be creative? I just felt like this flatness because it was just this unusual to me state to be in sobriety. Yeah. So it took a little while after that for me to kind of figure out who I was and what I was into. But yeah, I'd always you know, for me, it was like circling back because I was into art and uh, loved to draw and took art painting classes when I was very young. And so yeah, did you go
0: vegan? uh, After you got sober?
1: Yes, well after.
0: Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Do those things feel connected to you?
1: They do. And it's amazing how many vegans I know that also have uh, addiction in their past. Um, but anyway, yeah, I I do feel like it's connected. And I actually try and use the tenets of uh, 12-step programs for dealing with what I consider to be the challenges of being vegan. And my challenges are not the eating. I love being vegan. I find it very easy eating. It's the social aspects I, I feel sometimes like. I'm an outcast by non vegans or I don't know how to talk about it or whatever. And I just, you know, I I I try and, you know, use those tools that help me get sober to help me exist and, you know, have basically a spiritual life is what is the core of
0: of it all yeah oh i I kind of love that we've discovered <laughs> this connection i didn't know we had this um, that's great yeah. yeah um what about as a kid with animals did you feel i don't know differently about animals when you were a kid than you felt others did or it, like i guess maybe seeds of your later vegan self did you do you remember anything like that
1: um you know i Grew up in deepest suburbia, <laughs> uh-huh. and I just didn't have a lot of experience around animals. Um, but we always had a dog. You know, I grew up; I had Cinders the dog, and then Sammy, and I loved, loved, loved my dogs. You know, and I just. Um, but I, you know, I I even had a poster of a pig over my bed, this big poster. But I never kind of made the connection to what I was eating or, you know, I didn't have any experience on farms or being around, you know, animals. I went to the circus and the zoo a few times. I never liked that, you know, and I did feel different because of that. I just, I hated it. I was remember they'd be cracking the whip for these tigers to jump through, um, you know this what do you call them the hoops yeah. on fire and i'd be thinking why why do you have to make them do that i hate that
0: yeah leave it
1: alone leave it alone i hated it
0: yeah it's really i i i remember being at the circus when i was really young and i don't remember it well enough to know if i had those feelings i don't remember thinking that was super awesome but i do remember a, um a, going to a rodeo where oh. where i saw calf roping and I was just Ooh. like, my dad had taken us to this calf roping thing, and I was just the whole time was like, what? Why? I mean, I think I was must have been in middle school by then, but it just uh-huh. I was I just remember it being really confused. Like that's gotta hurt. Why are they doing this? Just wh- what? Like
1: why is this supposed to be fun? <laughs> yeah,
0: it seemed like a weird like torture show to me. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure I would have felt that way if I went to a rodeo. <laughs> oh I my I certainly would still. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I feel lucky. I mean, I was a, oblivious to a lot of things. But on the other hand, at least I didn't get, you know, get taken hunting and have this idea that this is a positive bonding thing with a parent like so many people have had or, or you know, various things like that um, where you grow up. And I think it's harder to sensitize yourself if you've grown up and it's intermingled in the message you had growing up that this is love, you know, yeah. between your father and you or your mother or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that really I think people get bogged down with about veganism, why people feel offend, uh, offended and defensive because they've always – this was this what they learned and like their family and generations have been doing this. How can it be wrong Like to say – Eating animals is immoral or however you want to say it is also saying like, and everyone <laughs> that came before me told me the wrong thing. And I have to sort of acknowledge that. Uh, yeah. It's a t- it's when, you, when you think of it like that, I, I, I sort of get why people are resistant to <laughs> hearkening to our message and becoming one with the vegans.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I (laughs) I mean, when I was still drinking, um, when I was around someone that was a non drinker, I just felt judged by them before they even opened their mouth. You know, so I know I am very aware of that syndrome that when. When someone is, you know, conflicted or whatever about what they're doing, but they're doing it and then they're around somebody who's made that change, it's just like, oh, aren't they holier than now? Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. And a lot of times it would have nothing to do with what they were doing. You know, it wasn't that they were proselytizing to me or guilt tripping me necessarily, you know, but, you know, so I, I know that state. And I was there too for quite a few years before I actually made the leap to become vegan, you know, but... I would carefully not put myself in the situation where I would feel guilt tripped.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I yeah, and people's responses. I'm, I, I'm familiar with that on both sides. Just as, especially with my drinking, where the, when people didn't drink around me, I felt very sort of defensive. And it's the thing, like we say. I said it when I was drinking. People say it to me when I tell them I don't drink, and same with with being vegan that whole like oh i don't you know i don't eat that much meat and blah blah blah, and like even at a time when i'm just like i i just told you that i don't like (laughs) you know i didn't ask for an explanation same with the drinking yeah so
1: yeah and I, i yeah sometimes i feel like the people that are the most um doing that are the ones that are probably the closest to making a choice yeah yeah Yeah. but yeah i mean you, you i've i've lost friends i feel like i've drifted away from people both when i got sober and both when you know i my artwork and my uh veganism started to take more of a front seat but then again i've gained a lot of new friends and new connections and I, I, I don't know, you probably feel this way. It just feels so much more lighter and honest and freeing. I mean, I never would have guessed that part of it. It all felt like deprivation.
0: Yep. Same
1: on the other side, both quitting drinking and becoming vegan and becoming more aware.
0: Yeah. Like as frustrating as I, as it can be to be vegan and sort of en- surrounded by people who aren't, <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. it's also, yeah, it's, I, I can't, I've never been happier, you know, like the group of friends that I have now, like now I suddenly sound like, I feel like I'm sound like I'm in a cult. My, fil- <laughs> the, all of my surround my, You're fil- not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cult of veganism, but yeah, like it's, it, I feel that same way that just like, I feel comfortable with what I'm doing and my efforts to not participate in violence. Like it's pretty great.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I I feel like my artwork and visa burden and um, sort of my positioning with um, art activism even feels like a strong term. But anyway, for that topic, I feel like it's very much trying to bridge, you know, trying not to be us and them or, um, you know, I mean, I know there are vegans that you know they they wouldn't eat with someone that was eating meat and I honor that but I am not that and uh, you know I was just with a new friend recently and it was like the third time eating together and she said oh does it bother you when I'm eating beef like she's been getting to know me and I said I try not to think about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) but that's (laughs) a hard question to answer isn't it
1: I know, and I try to say, look, this is not a conversation while we're eating. But <laughs> um, I did notice the next time we got together, she ordered tofu, so it was interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I just feel like, I don't know, was it a phrase that I heard from Jane Velez Mitchell uh, just that um, referring to people as, as, uh, eventual or soon to be vegans or not yet vegans or, yeah. you know, it's just sort of giving that idea of hope. And it's also super exciting. All this movement that's going on, whether it's diet based or compassion based, just, there's just so much, um, going on of opening these ideas that, you know, we're moving towards a plant-based society.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's rolling pretty fast lately, too.
1: It does. And, you know, with anything, there's always going to be backlash. Yeah. You know, there's going to seem to be, you know, the extreme other.
0: Yeah, agreed. We should wrap this part up, too. It's always so hard to say goodbye, Jane.
1: Is there going to be another part?
0: <laughs> yes, now the third, the bonus, bonus part. <laughs> I Sometimes I do these bonus things. I'm like, ah, this is good. I should include this with the uh, with the main one, but... No, make them, make them work for it. (laughs) Make them work. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm so glad I like got through my like apprehension about speaking to a, to a magical visual artist. And And next
1: time it'll be so much easier.
0: Yeah, I I think it will. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Thanks again. Thank
1: you, Michael.